Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Right now, uh, uh, speaking of the math, uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk about the economy and, and the numbers. And we're pleased to be joined by a uh, professor of economics from the University of Minnesota, Christopher Phelan. Uh, good to visit with you tonight. And uh, not the best news on inflation, even though gasoline prices continue to fall, there still is upward pressure in other parts of our economy. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thank you. The inflation numbers for the last several months have been pretty flat. Year over year is a, is horrible. It's over 8%. But month, the reason we tend to do year over year is because month to month can bump around a lot. But it's still the case for the last few months, prices have been about, on average, the same as they were the month before. They're just 8% higher than they were a year before. Yeah. And, and politically, that, that's certainly a lightning rod issue. But we, we've seen fuel prices, particularly gasoline or diesel, which, which are a big deal in our economy, continue to go down. But, but other prices haven't haven't gone down do you expect fuel to lead the way and other prices to eventually trend down the track record for economists for predicting where prices are going to go is really really bad Uh, i tend not to predict uh other than say you know really i don't have any idea and if you hear somebody i guess if your listeners had one thing if you hear somebody who's absolutely confident about what's going to happen. They just seem to know what's going to happen. They're probably misinformed or lying. This is just not something that you should be that confident about knowing what the future is going to hold. Uh, I would say that the last several months, especially the last month of data, were that the only reason prices didn't go up on average was because gasoline and diesel came down and a few other things. Yeah. yeah, what, what I was going to ask you be, beyond that, you know, fuel, su- supply and demand, futures markets, all of those sorts of things, it, it gets complicated, but uh, demand started to trend down. The prices have been trending down. But beyond that, there are other things in the economy that, that have to be puzzling because we're coming out of COVID-19 really in, in our modern economy, an unprecedented shutdown, if you will. Uh, you, you have unemployment generally at all-time lows. Uh, the, 
there, there's also a lot of positives in the economy to to go along with with the bad news on inflation. It's a very puzzling time right now for economists. Most times of recessions, they're kind of all the same. You tell me we're in a recession, I'll tell you what's going on with everything. That is not true this time. Output is down, and almost always when output is down, I mean by output is just the total sum in terms of dollar value of what we're producing. Uh, it's down. That's usually the definition of a recession. And almost always when that happens, unemployment is really high, not low. Uh, so this is a strange time, uh, somewhat uncharted waters, I guess I would put it. So because it's not like every other downturn, it makes predicting what's going to happen hard. I, I would it, assume output could I, be I, down I was... because of supply shocks. Yeah, and and I would I would suppose that with the with the supply chain that that makes it difficult and i was thinking uh, about vehicles drive by any car lot there there still aren't a lot of new vehicles to be had i think the supply is getting a little better but but there is also that pent-up demand as well um if you do want a new vehicle you're going to pay a sticker or more in many cases um so, so there's there's the big ticket items, but I would assume it also is uh, even uh, with with the holiday season coming up, the the upward pressure and the demand because of the challenges of supply chain that still exist. Yeah, one of the it's not a bad rule of thumb for thinking about inflation. It's too much money chasing too few goods, and we've been doing both. Uh, the Fed has been increasing the supply of money pretty fast, uh, a lot in reaction to COVID. Uh, they wanted to keep the economy up, so they increased the money supply. And the supply chain issues caused that that's the too much money, and the supply chain issues are causing too few goods. Uh, so, again, inflation is too much money chasing too few goods, and we got both going on. Uh, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Professor of Economics from the University of Minnesota, Christopher Phelan. Uh, it looks as though our economy dodged a huge bullet uh, when that rail strike was averted. We talked about supply chain. That would have had huge ramifications in the here and now and a ripple effect had there been a rail strike. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but I tend to agree. A lot of stuff gets compared to, you know, everyone's always talking about the fact that in Europe, their trains seem to be so great. Um, you can get from here to there very quickly and very comfortably. But they tend to use their railroad tracks for people. Uh, and they're not very good at using their railroad tracks for stuff. They tend to use trucks for stuff. We tend to do the exact opposite. We have a great rail system for stuff. Uh, not a great rail system for people. Mostly it's because things are spread out here and it makes more sense to fly. Uh, but yes, the amount of stuff that's handled by our pretty good railroad system uh, is enormous. I, we tend to even, you know, almost all of agriculture, uh, a good amount of our oil, which we should probably be putting through pipelines instead. Uh, but yes, it would have been bad. Yeah, and hard, hard to predict what, it, what would have happened or 
what the ultimate impact. So in the short term, that was averted. Uh, if labor ratifies the deal, it, it will be permanently averted, but it, it looks as though no rail strike in the near future. The other thing we keep hearing about is the Fed and what they're doing with interest rates and the cause to money, whether that's credit cards or a car loan, um, and then ultimately the impact on, on mortgages. And I know mortgages are a little bit different, but that that's really one of the tools they have to fight inflation, and that is to raise interest rate, stock market doesn't seem to like that. Well, if you just go, first of all, I am an advisor to Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, but I'm only speaking for myself when I say anything on this. Sure. Uh, the, whenever interest rates go up, I mean, what do you get when you own a company? You get the right to all their, your share uh, of all their future profits. But literally, when interest rates go up, it means that we're valuing anything in the future less. So it makes sense that when interest rates go up, stock prices go down. You're, you're, you're just valuing less what you get when you buy a company, which is all these things 10 years, 20 years in the future. Yeah, and it's... Is that really the most effective tool, though, I, I think in a bigger picture, um, to, to fight inflation, to continue to make money, if you will, more expensive? Uh, one of the things I guess I've heard, and, and I'm hoping you can speak to this, uh, Americans tend to rely on credit heavily, and, and making that more expensive could have a tremendous impact on an individual's budget. I think that's the only real tool they have. I mean, they have other tools, but they're all kind of the same. Mostly all the Fed can really do is decide how many pieces of paper, and they're not actually pieces of paper anymore. They're entries in computers. How many little green pieces of paper, let's say 100 or 50 on them, uh, to create or destroy? Uh, They create money by buying things. And they destroy it by selling something that they bought in the past. And what they're doing by raising interest rates is basically saying, we're not going to buy as much in financial markets as we have been. So they're not creating as much money, which is, yeah, that's exactly what they have to do. And when they do that, yeah, it hurts people. So they don't go out and buy as much or attempt to buy as much. But people attempting to buy a ton of stuff is exactly what's causing the inflation. Inflation is always caused by People going out and trying to buy more than they did before, bidding up prices. So it's unfortunate because, yeah, you hurt people in the wallet. They don't go out and buy as much, but that's the only way to stop inflation. And the impact globally, you you hear this idea that, you know, it's a global economy and that the, the United States isn't going it alone, that uh, earlier this year, fuel prices, uh, a global commodity like like oil, uh, it, it was high everywhere in the world. And I, I would assume the United States is not alone seeing higher prices uh, for, for food, clothing, etc. Well, that is true. We've been seeing an uptick in inflation uh, through a lot of the developed world. The, the thing is that you're not going to see it, – it's, it's a mistake to think that inflation is caused by this price or that price going up and then filtering through the economy. If you don't have generally 
a big there's not a lot of historical episodes where we've seen significant inflation without significant money creation because one price has gone up because what usually happens if there isn't significant money creation when the price of oil goes up people do spend more on oil but since they only have so much money they spend less on other things so the average you know some prices go up oil other prices go down because people are trying to buy less of that other stuff because they're buying the oil if you get a general increase in everything that's because something's causing people to go out and want to buy more of everything and that's usually caused by the central bank of the country uh, basically creating too much money in that country well uh, fascinating discussion uh Pleasure to visit with you tonight, Christopher Phelan, Professor of Economics, University of Minnesota. Uh, Thanks so much for the time and the insight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.